0: yeah 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 yeah, ya ya do ya do 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 ya do ya Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Almost on time today. The keys of the kingdom. Who has the keys to unlocking all the secrets? You and I have the keys now. All right, my friends, we're going to continue our study of Beis HaBechira, Hashem's holy chosen home. And we're learning about the mitzvah of the guard duty that took place in the Beis HaMegdish the Holy Temple. This was performed by the Kohanim and by the Levim. We've talked about this a lot. Hello, Valette. Hello, Amelie and whoever else is joining us. We've talked about this quite a bit in the last couple of episodes. And today I want to introduce another fantastic concept before we go back to the actual text and hear about the third and the final location of where the Kohanim were when they performed the sacred watch. In the earlier episodes, we developed this idea that the, 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 the guard duty, the watch per se, was about the Besamigdash not being neglected, that there was a mindfulness that somebody was always there. So it wasn't like an abandoned place because somebody was thinking about it. You know, maybe maybe you could understand this with this, the principle of being thought of. Nobody wants to be forgotten. Even the shamas have gone to the other world. They don't want to be forgotten. People want to be remembered. What happens if you're... In a low place, not happy. And then a friend or a peer or a mentor reaches out to you and says, You know, I'm thinking about you. That makes you feel good. So I'm being thought of. I'm not abandoned. I'm not neglected. I'm not lost. Hashem doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't need our mitzvahs. He doesn't need our Torah study. He doesn't need our prayers. But he wants it. Hashem makes himself needy. He makes himself a recipient. Of our activities. So in the way we do any other mitzvah, we have this mitzvah of making sure that the Beis HaMikdash is never neglected. In yesterday's episode, we concluded with the idea that even children could perform this mitzvah. And the Rambam is pretty precise in his verbiage, in his language. The Rambam says in the beginning of Halacha Ches, of this eighth chapter, Besabhira 8, 8.8, he says that the, in the place of Baysavtinos and Besan nitzotz that there was uh, Ruven, Robin Hoyashomrim. Kessta is very clear. He says, it's talking about children. And in a previous episode, we talked about this and we tried to explain how it is possible. And I just want to remind you that this porch is called Besaftinos. And there was a gaggle of Kohanim children that were sitting here all night. This is called Beit HaNitzutz, upper level. It's not sacred. It's not holy. But it's still adjunct to the Beit HaMikdash. Built onto the outside of the Beit HaMikdash wall in an elevated position. And the Kohanim were there. And the Mishnah Malach asked this big question. He says, what's going on here? Children? How can it be Children? And therefore, he has a different resolution. He says they're not children, they're, they're majors, they're adults, but they're not going to be mustered for service in the Beis because they aren't fully mature yet. And I, I shared with you a way to resolve this way, a very interesting chiddush and novelty that's found in the Rebbe's Zalikot Sichos in the 13th volume. So I want to open now today's episode before we get to the keys of the kingdom. Who holds the keys? That's the question. And and I want to suggest that whoever's holding the keys is playing a major role in the mindfulness. Like, for example, we say, who's minding the keys? Who's responsible for the keys? That's part of mindfulness. So the question was, children? how, How could this be children? In Minchas Chinuch, he says, I must tell you that in my humble opinion, he says, even if somebody was mentally deficient, what's called a shota, or if somebody is unable to communicate, called a Cheresh, he would be kasher, he would be suitable for this. He said, but it's a mitzvah. <laughs> it's a mitzvah taseh, it's a positive mitzvah. Vahanu, and these people we just mentioned, are lav b'nei mitzvaninu. They're not considered to be eligible for the performance of mitzvahs. They're not obligated in a mitzvah. Says the Minchas Chinuch, Mikol Mokim Ikerah Mitzvah Hialah Bet Din. This is not a mitzvah. This is not one of the Kohanim's mitzvahs. It's the Jewish people's mitzvah. Yes, the Kohanim are the ones who are carrying out a portion of this mitzvah. The Levite clans are carrying out another portion of the mitzvah. But whose mitzvah is it? It's not, a, it's not one of the mitzvah of the Kohanim. In fact, we have no mitzvah which is called a mitzvah of Kohanim and Levim. There are Kohan mitzvahs. There are special prohibitions, things that a Kohen isn't allowed to do, that a regular person could do. A regular Jew can marry a divorcee. A Kohen cannot. A regular person can go to a funeral. A regular Jew, a Kohen cannot doesn't apply to a Levite. A Kohen can eat the special food called truma, which is translated as the heave offering, special food. A Kohen can eat sacred material, which comes food from the base of called kodshim. A Kohen can eat that. A non-Kohen cannot eat kodshikadoshim. But Levites don't have those separate mitzvot. And here, we're kind of putting Levites and Kohenim in the same almost in the the same bracket, same category. The Mechaz says an extremely insightful thing. He said, it is not a mitzvah of kahuna. It's not a mitzvah of the priestly clan. It's a mitzvah that belongs to the Jewish people. Some of the mitzvot that belong to the Jewish people are carried out by the Jewish people's formal authority. The ecclesiastical authority of the Jewish people performs this mitzvah on behalf of the nation. For example, and the Menchah's doesn't cite this, but I'm, I'm saying. For example, there's a mitzvah to sanctify time. It means creating something called Rosh Chodesh. It means sanctifying both years as well as months, leap years. It's a very important mitzvah. We, if, if you will, we schedule God's appointment calendar. We tell Him when He has an appointment. That's what a moed means, an appointment. So on a festival, God has to show up in a special way. And he has to be ready. Ready to have nachas from uh, the matzo we eat. Or the shofar. Whose sound we listen to. Because it's a moed. It's a yom tov. Who schedules the moed? It's a day of the month. Who decides when Rosh Chodesh is? Human beings. People. Everybody. No, Rambam says. Not everybody. This, the Beth Din performs on behalf of the nation. So the Milchaz says, of course, this is a mitzvah, but it is a mitzvah that is performed by the Bezdin, by the ecclesiastical authority. And if so, he says, it's not the Kohen who's actually doing the mitzvah per se. It's the authority who's performing or ensuring that this mitzvah is done. And what is the mitzvah, he says. Is that the mitzvah of Shemitah Sasei is that there should be people. People. It's not neglected. It's not empty. You know, there's a, an astounding document that was written by the fourth Rebbe, the Rebbe Maharaj, before his passing. It's the last will and testament, at tzavuah. He says, don't leave me alone. Please make sure that there's Torah study near my resting site. He says, I want the sound of children studying Torah. He didn't say adults. So said the pure, pure Torah study by children. You don't need a major. You don't need a person who necessarily has a certain level of intelligence. It's not empty. It's not neglected. Somebody's there. There's a very big difference. Even for us, we understand if I'm alone in a room, or if somebody's there. Once somebody's there, I'm not alone. But that person doesn't really know what I'm doing. I'm still not alone. Some people don't like to be alone. They get frightened when they're alone. Especially at night. But if somebody's there, they feel comfortable. Even if that somebody's just a baby, somebody's there. This says the Mechaz ultimately, is the mitzvah. And he says, I can prove this to you. Because the mitzvah of eating, the sacrificial, or offering food, which is called Kochi kodashim. he says the Rambam himself says it can be eaten by a child. Af shehem, einam mitzvah, even though they're not obligated. Aha. Uh-huh. So he can eat the holy food. And it's a mitzvah. And a child is doing it. Because he said it's not a mitzvah like that. It's a mitzvah that the food should be eaten by a kohen. Minor, major. That doesn't matter. And I think this helps us to understand, not only it answers the question that Mishnah Malach asks on on the Ramah, Mekasif Mishnah, I think it helps us to appreciate, kind of to crystallize what was going on here with this mitzvah, what we were trying to accomplish by having people in the Beis HaMikdash. And that leads us directly into the continuation of halacha, the next halacha that we're about to learn. (laughs) Halacha <laughs> not ches, pardon me. Halacha <laughs> So we learned, Halacha began with, says, and where was the watch? And the response is, Kohanim, in three places. What were the three places? I'm going to go back to the map and show you. Three places. of Tinos, that's an upper level. Beis Nitzutz, that's an upper level. And this building called Beit Hamoked. Now I want you to see, you see this line over here? This is the outer wall. Of the Azarah, of the courtyard of the base of Megdash. This building, with its four sections, is built on the outside. This white sp- a space here, white uh, rectangle, represents a doorway. Through that doorway, you enter the Azarah. This is a door. That's what the black hair is. But you go into the Azarah. Here's another door. You go into the Har from here. This is called the Khail. This line is called the Chel. Now, let's take it around to the next drawing. As I showed you yesterday, here is a depiction of the Beit Avtinos. You see an upper level here? There was a little mikvah there where the Kohen Gadol went to mikvah, according to one opinion at least. That's what the Rambam seems to say. And this was the place where they would actually make the Ketorot. And there was a chamber, upper level chamber. It was called Beit Avtinos. Now going back, this is on the south side. Going back to the north side, here we can see, supported by stilts, by pillars, a cute little house here. That dome. That cute little house is called Beis And we said there were coals, glowing embers, always kept in case there needed to be a fire on the mizbech. The children were here, at least ten of them, all night long. Maybe they studied Mishnayot. Maybe they studied Torah. Maybe they sang songs of praise to Hashem. I don't know. I wasn't there. But they were here. Some maintain. They might even have slept there. But the Beis HaMikdash wasn't neglected. It wasn't empty. There was a presence of people. But this is on a second level, upper level. It doesn't require mindfulness per se. It's not being in a sacred or holy place. It's whole. It's mundane, it's pedestrian, it's ordinary, it's not sacred because it's on the upper level. And now we're talking about the Beit HaMokeh. This was a big building. I mean, this building is bigger, but this is a very, very large structure. This is a pretty big building too. This little big building has a dome. You'll notice it's built entirely outside the wall. This is the opinion of the Rambam. Rashi's opinion is that this building occupied space on both sides. So the space on the other side of the wall was holy. The space on this side of the wall was what we call mundane, Chol. Rambam says no. The entirety was on the outside, but since there was a door going into Kodesh and a door going to Chol, so therefore half of it was holy and half of it was not. And as the Rambam speaks about, and this is found earlier, we learned this many an episode ago, this is found in the fifth chapter of Hilchas Beis Habechira, in the ninth halacha. The Rambam says, Roshe pisposin mavdilin ben hakodesh The area which was sacred and not was divided by a small latticework or maybe small stone protrusions that went along the floor. It was a line of demarcation. So this is what we're talking about now. This is the third place. Ah, now in this third place. This third place is where Rambam says. This third place was right on the ground. Beis HaMoked, ba'aretz. What is the novelty of Ba'aretz? Once we say Ba'aretz, we know we're talking about a holy place. As the Marab Yosef Korkos, Mari says, Beis HaMoked, Farnest buyer. I've already explained it to you in great detail. Chapter 5, Alok Mikomo. The low, ho Yaliyah. It was not an upper level. And the point that's being made by not an upper level emphasis on not an upper level is that it was at least possibly sacred. Because it's right in the ground. Who is in this third location? Zikne Beit Av shel Otoyom. The elders of the Beit Av. That literally translates as the house of the Father. House of the Father. What in heaven is going on here? Alright, so let me share with you the words of the commentary of the Bartanura in the Mishnah. Mishnah in Masechat Avot. It's found in many places, but you know, I'm a bookie guy. Here it's from the book I'm reading to you. He says HaMishmar HaYeMitchalek L'Shiva Bate Avot. According to the Bartonura, the, the watch was divided into seven watches, seven clans. Each one would do his, so to speak, day, his day of duty. And the one who was doing his day of duty, he'd sleep there the other night before. Let me give you some background. Lots of Kohanim. Everybody wants to work, and sometimes nobody wants to work because that's how it is. Everybody wants to work. Nobody wants to work. What are you going to rely on? I think I'd like to work today. Some days you'll be feast and some days you'll be famine. So this is not going to work. So in order to make sure that the Kohanim would serve in the Beit HaMikdash in an organized fashion and that things would kind of function continuously because we couldn't have off days in the Beit HaMikdash. The Nevi the Prophets established a rotating system. They divided the entire Entire clan of Kahuna into 24 families. 24 priestly families, and these are called Mishmarot. And it was Mishmar after Mishmar. Every week belonged to a different Mishmar, with the exception of the Yamim Tovim, of the festivals, but that's a subject for another day. And now we're hearing about each Mishmar being divided up into a daily order of rotation. Now, the Bartanura talks about dividing up this rotation into seven, the watch into seven rotations. Many of the other Rishodim say, no. There were six rotations, and on Shabbat, all the Karnam would pack into the base of And the latter actually seems to be the opinion of the Rambam. But anyway, the point is not what happens on Shabbat morning. The point is we're talking about what happens on a regular day. So on a regular day, we have the Ziknei Beit Av are there. Why are they there? Because they have to work. And uh, the day in the base Hamikdash started long before daybreak. So instead of sleeping at home, and then getting up two o'clock in the morning to catch your six a.m. flight, you know how it is. Instead, you sleep at the airport. You don't. Okay. You don't have to sleep at the airport. I mean, <laughs> you sleep in the base Hamikdash. Ra- the Mefarash says in his commentary on Masechet Tamid, "Otam shahaya lahem la'avod lemachar." Those who would be on duty tomorrow, they would sleep within the embrace of the wall. That's where they'd be. Now, the Rambam says, earlier we learned, that this entire area of the Beit HaMoked was surrounded by these stone ledges. And they'd sleep on the stone ledges. The Rambam doesn't talk about it here. There's a, a discussion whether or not this was ringed. He says it was ringed by stone ledges. Does it mean ringed on the entire side? Some maintain yes, it was ringed even in the holy place because they were sleeping in order to serve the base of Miglash. And because you're sleeping in order to serve the base of Miglash, you could sleep even in a holy place. Well, they say, no, 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 you can't sleep in a holy place. That's crazy. You only sleep in a non holy place. So when it says ringed, it only means the outside, not the inside. So we take this building divided in half. And here, this part would be ringed. By kind of like shelves, stone protrusions. And they'd sleep in the stone protrusions. And the Rambam says a very interesting thing. The ziknei betav, the elders would sleep there. And to azara bi And the keys to the courtyard, the Beit Migdash keys would be in hand. So what does this mean? I mean that literally it was in their hands? This is a problem. It's a problem because the Mishnah in Perik uh, Aleph, in the first chapter of Mesechet Midot, talks about the Beit HaMoket in mishneches And it says, very similar to what the Rambam says in the fifth chapter of Beis He says, Beis HaMoket was a kippah, there was a big dome, it was a Beit gadol, it was a large building. It was Mukov, roved in Shelevan. and had these stone ledges and stone protrusions all round and around. So, this was talked about by Rambam in the fifth chapter. Now, we're going forward to the eighth chapter of the Rambam here, because the Rambam has his own kind of division of the material. The Rambam now said, and the Mishnah says, The keys to the Azara are in their hands. That's exactly the same words that the Rambam uses. It's exactly the words of the Ramah. But you look in Mishnah Tess and it says, "Umakom hayasham. In this Beit HaMoket, right in this building over here, or if you want to look at it over here, there was a place, and it was an Amalama. Let's say an Amalama is eighteen inches, or so. Eighteen inches by eighteen inches was a square, and this place, this like hollow in the ground, it had a tavla sholshayas, it had a marble lid, a marble cover. And the marble cover had a tabat, it had a ring that was affixed to it. So you could lift the tile up. It's a pretty big tile, 18 inches by 18 inches. You lift the tile up. And it says there was a chain of keys that would be hanging in this hollow space. And that's, you'd lift it up and that's where it would be. And then when it was time to lock up the Beit HaMikdash at night, they would put, they would lower the keys back into the space. So the Pharisee Yisrael, the Yochin says, now this seems to be a contradiction. In the end of Mishneches it says that they have the keys in hand. And then in Mishnah Tess, it talks about a place for the keys. So the Yochan says that when he says in their hand, it means under their tutelage. You don't have to hold the keys the whole time. Nobody could take it from this spot. Was under their responsibility. And interestingly enough, the Vilna Gorin says clearly in the Rambam that when the Rambam says, he does not refer to literally in hand, although that's the verbiage the Rambam uses. The Rambam is lifting that verbiage out of the Mishnah, and the Mishnah itself tells us that the Mavtichot Azara were suspended in this hollow area that had a tile on top of it. And here, my dear friends, I think is the point. This idea of mindfulness. Somebody, quote, minding the Beis HaMikdash at every moment and at every time is part of the way we respect the Beis HaMikdash. It's part of our responsibility towards Hashem. We build God a holy home. We don't just leave God's home and say, okay, build God a holy home, lots of activity during the day and at night, goodbye, see you in the morning. We always have to be there. We always have to show that we're involved. The Beis HaMikdash can never be neglected. So some of these places, some of that presence could even have been children. By the way, the Mishnah says, there was young Kohanim who were sleeping on the floor. The Ramah doesn't say this over here. And and there's a a dispute whether or not the elder Kohanim sleeping, that was the watch. Whether that's enough of a presence. Or maybe there was young Kohanim. And here the emphasis is on young Kohanim. My dear friends, young does not mean less than bar mitzvah. Young means post-puberty teenagers. So they were already majors by Jewish law. But because they weren't yet 20 years old, the kohenim, the elder Kohenim wouldn't allow them to serve in the base of migra. She had to really be mature. They didn't allow kids, teens. And as such, these young teenagers would come along with their fathers. Their fathers would sleep, or uncles, and they'd stay awake. They'd stay awake to perform the watch. And it would seem to me that that's where the Rambam makes a point of saying that in the Beit of in the Beit HaNitsuts, the chambers of smoke and spark that we spoke about yesterday, that's why he says children. Conversely, when it comes to Beit HaMokit, which is sacred ground, here we actually have to have adults, albeit Non on duty Kohanim, so their duty would be the idea of the Shmirah, the watching. But this is not clear. There's a big discussion amongst the commentaries whether or not you had to be awake for this Shmirah or not awake for the Shmirah. The Levites had to be awake at all times. The question of the Kohanim had to be awake as, as well. So what's the point? The point is that the most responsible of the Kohanim, the elder of the Kohanim, the ones who would be working the Beis they needed to be not only mindful of the Beis they had to be minding the keys. You know, it's like uh, you, you, you go on vacation. You want to trust somebody with a set of keys. So you're responsible. Something goes wrong. I need to know that you have the keys. These coin they had the keys. They, they were minding the keys. And in this way, the Beit Migdash had a presence at all times, 24 hours a day. During the daytime, there was activity going on of the Beit Amigdash. The holy work was going on in the Beit Amigdash, the service. At night, koanim were there singing, studying, doing some other kind of holy activity. I don't know, but they were there. And there was always a presence. And in in some way, it's like it's exceptionally beautiful to think that there was the presence in the Besam Migdash included these these pure little boys, beautiful little boys, Kohanim, who are, they loved the Besam Migdash. They were devoted to the Besam Migdash. They understood that this is their life's calling. From the smallest age, even as young boys, they would already be there and spend nights there and honor Hashem on behalf of the Jewish people. And then there was the teenagers. They had their work to do. And the elder koanim. And in this way, the Kohenim were representing us at all times in these three special locations. And that comprises their part, their part of the fulfillment of this sacred mitzvah, which is a comment, as we now understand, upon all of Israel, which is practically carried out by the ecclesiastic authority, by the beth so that we, the Jewish people, can be enriched by the presence of the Shekhinah in Hashem's chosen home. May we merit Bezrat Hashem that just studying about this, thinking about it, being mindful about it, that Hashem should see that we yearn for His holy home and His presence amongst us, and we should be zoicheh we should merit the coming of Mashiach, the rebuilding of the third base of Migdash, the restoration of Hashem's presence, Shechina, amongst us in a manifest way with the coming of Mashiach and the building of the third base of Amen. Thank you so much for joining. Have a beautiful day.